I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding, and welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond. Yes, and on this episode, in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month, we're talking about a few movies that represent Hispanic Latina culture. That's right. While we recognize that Hispanic Heritage Month celebrates a ton of different experiences, ethnicities, cultures from countries that are located all over the world, we're celebrating some films that capture specific cultures under that umbrella. Yeah. We're also going to talk about a couple of actors who are Latinx and who have made giant contributions to the film industry. Right, Ezra? Yeah. Who are those actors, Ezra? Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez, number one. Who's Jennifer Lopez, Ezra? It seems a little silly to ask, but... She's a famous actress and singer. She is. She's probably one of the most famous actress and singers. I know a couple animated films she's been in. She's been in Ice Age 4, Continental Drift, and Ice Age 5, Collision Course, as well as DreamWorks Animation's Home. That's right. J-Lo is of Puerto Rican descent. She grew up in New York, mm-hmm. and she started acting in 1997. And years and years and years later, she was the first woman, this is a fun fact, she was the first woman to have a number one album and a number one film in the same week. How cool is that? Yes, and I forgot to mention her her first voice role was in DreamWorks Animation's Ants. Oh, wow. What year did that film come out, Ezra? 1998. Wow. So that was a very early voice acting role. Cool. Yeah. Who did she play in Ants? Azteca. Azteca. Sweet. And what were some of her major roles not voice acting? Been in films like Marry Me, which came out earlier this year. And she was also in in the 2007 movie Border Town. Yes, I know she also starred in Made in Manhattan and The Wedding Planner. She's done a lot of romantic comedies, I know. Yeah, and I'm glad I know a few animated stuff she's been in. Yeah, she's had an extensive career. And that career bleeds into music. As we said, she's been doing music almost as long as she's been doing acting. She has been incredibly successful in the pop and Latina style of music. So she actually released an all-Spanish album in 2007, and it did way better than anyone else's first all-Spanish album ever has. I see. That's great. Yeah, super cool. So that's Jennifer Lopez. Anything you want to add about her? She's remarkable. She's an incredible singer and actress. She is. In fact, last fun fact about her, in 2012, I read that Forbes magazine, you know, announced that she was the world's most powerful celebrity. Huh, that's great. Yeah, high praise. Now, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo was raised in Los Angeles. He has Mexican-American parents, and he had an interesting start to his film career, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I know he's been in some things, like he was in the Spy Kids trilogy. Love those. Like the first three films he was in, and he's also been in the fourth as well. I know he's done voices in a few things, like he voiced... Jasper in the 2016 movie Storks. Cool. As well as playing El Diablo, who was a human character and minor villain seen in the third SpongeBob movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so those are some of his animated roles. He has been, in terms of live action films, he's been in a lot of action films. 
His first role, actually, I read was was in Runaway Train, where he plays a trainer. But he got that role kind of by accident because he was on the set and he was given a job to be an extra in a scene. But then he ran into Edward Bunker, who is a screenwriter, and they had served time in San Quentin prison together in the past. And Edward Bunker remembered that he was a really good boxer and gave Danny Trejo a role as this trainer just because he remembered that about him. So kind of he kind of stumbled into this role that then made him really big and now he's had this huge successful film career. Oh, and he also voiced Boots, the monkey in the Dora the Explorer movie, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. That's right. An essential character. Yes, I know. He voiced it in the live action film based on the animated kid show. Cool. Great. So that's a bit about Danny Trejo. Anything else you want to add about him? He's a legend. He is. And if you look up his face, you definitely recognize it. He has been in a lot of different movies as kind of an action star. Yeah, I know. And now he's in voice acting. In fact, he had a role in one of the movies we're going to talk about today, right, Ezra? Yeah, Book of Life. That's right. So why don't we go ahead and play that feature presentation song so we can talk about that movie? Yes. Okay, so why don't we start with Book of Life, Ezra? What's Book of Life about? Like Coco, it was about Dias de los Mortos, Day of the Dead. It's similar with the culture, but unlike Coco, it's more of a love story. True, yeah. Book of Life celebrates Mexican folklore with this incredible, vibrant, artistic animation done by Real FX Studios, which is a less common animation studio. I know, yes. Another film they did was the Thanksgiving comedy movie Freebirds. Cool. But it was produced by 20th Century Fox, right? Distributed, actually, yes. It was directed by Jorge Gutierrez, who is of Mexican descent, and it was produced by legendary producer Guillermo del Toro. I know it was, in, it was animated in the style of the director, who's known for his unique kind of character designs. Yes, it was. He had a huge focus on making sure that this animation style was true to the original artwork for the show. Yes, he recently did Maya and the Three, as well as doing El... El Tigre? The Adventures of Manny Rivera, an older show for Nickelodeon. Yeah, and all of this stuff that he's done, or most of it, has some, shows some influence that he has being Mexican of Mexican descent himself. Yeah. And additionally, Book of Life had many Mexican actors and then also Latinx actors, um, including the lead, who was voiced by Diego Luna. Yes, Manolo Sanchez, who was the protagonist who who'd rather play guitar than fight a bull. That's right. What would you say is the general plot of Book of Life, Ezra? It's about a, about a young boy, Mexican boy named Manolo Sanchez, who falls in love with Maria Posada. And then one day he gets tricked by Shibalba, the evil wizard, and he, he ends up in the land of the remembered. After getting bitten by a snake, he ends up in the land of the deceased. That's right. And he kind of has to find his way out, huh? Yes. And I remember he wants his father to be proud and be a musician, not a bullfighter. That's right. So there is some kind of similarity between that plot and the plot of Coco regarding the music, huh? Yes, that's right. Um, I remember Zoe Saldana 
voiced Maria. She did. What else has she voiced? She's been in things like Vivo, as well as the My Little My Little Pony, the movie, and Missing Link. And I know Channing Tatum voiced Joaquin. He did. The other male kind of pursuing Maria Posada's love, huh? Yeah. I don't know, Zoe Saldana. She's famous for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, right. Of course. Cool. So, yeah, Book of Life was a really notable and fun film about Dia de los Muertos. It was pretty successful. People liked it. And it definitely had some really fun animation, unlike anything else we've seen. Yeah. And Coco, which we're going to talk about next from Disney Pixar, is an Oscar-winning movie. It is. And it's also about Day of the Dead, based in Mexican traditions. And it's got a ton of colors and original music. Yeah, that's right. It's about a, a young boy named Miguel, Miguel Rivera, who's 12 years old, and he has a s- strict family who are against music because of his idol, what happened to his idol, Ernesto de la Cruz. Yep. I remember, yes. And do you remember why who Coco is, why it's called Coco? Because that was his, his great-grandmother. That's right. And so Miguel's adventure involves accidentally crossing into the world of the dead on the day of the dead and then being unable, well, having to recruit the help of his deceased family to get back into the world of the living. Yes, but then he meets some guy named Hector who's trying to get to the land of the living. Mm-hmm. I remember, yes, and they, he makes a deal to help him find Ernesto and become a musician. That's right. And throughout the film, we get to hear a lot of really fantastic music. Like, remember me, which is the song from the film. That's right. And didn't that, wasn't that song nominated for several awards? Yes, I remember. Yeah. And I remember when Miguel met Ernesto and thinks he's his great, great grandfather. But then we discover the plot twist, the shocking truth about Ernesto. Yeah. No spoilers though, right, Ezra? Yes, but I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. Hopefully. It is a giant plot twist, though. So, something to note about Coco that I thought was interesting reading about this film. Coco was originally supposedly going to have a different name. It was going to be called Dia de los Muertos, which is Day of the Dead, the name of the holiday in Spanish. However, Disney tried to trademark that phrase, which is a very common Mexican phrase, obviously, because it's a huge holiday every year in Mexico. And the Mexican-American community kind of spoke up and said, hey, you can't, you can't trademark a phrase in our language and culture. That's not okay. No. Huh? No. And so Disney did the right thing and withdrew that attempt to trademark. And actually, after that, hired several people to come on and consult for the film on their cultural affinity, which means their ability to portray culture with respect and accuracy. Yeah, that's right which is something that they did in Book of Life as well, though the director in that case was Mexican. And it's something that a lot of films nowadays that are displaying specific cultures or heritage or traditions are doing in order to make sure that they're being fair and respectful to the people who are actually of that tradition, culture, or ethnicity. I know. And I know a couple of Disney characters who are from Disney, other Disney films who are Hispanic. I remember uh, Ramon from the Cars franchise who was known for his unique art style, and Honey Lemon from Big Hero 6. Or animated kid shows I know about those cultures, like 
um, Nickelodeon's Dora the Explorer because the title character Dora is Latina or Disney Junior's Alina of Avalor. Absolutely. And Dora was a huge deal because she spoke in Spanish some of the time, which was really cool for lots of kids who speak Spanish and English at home. Yeah, like I, I watched it when I was little. Yeah, and you probably learned some Spanish words and phrases from that show, huh? Oh, and also, the, which is also about that culture, is the Casa Grandes, the spinoff to Nickelodeon's The Loud House. Definitely, definitely. And that one's also targeted towards a Spanish-speaking audience. Bringing it back to Coco, though, one more fun thing. Do you remember who voiced the lead in Coco? I forget his name who voiced the main character, Miguel. It was Anthony Gonzalez, and he was nine years old when he got the role of voicing Miguel. That's great. Yeah, so he was really young. I know. What other big stars were in the voice acting cast of Coco? Like Benjamin Bratt. Yep, who's of Mexican descent. Or a minor role, Cheech Marin. Yep, so Coco had an almost entirely Latinx cast, and I read that it was the first film with a nine-digit budget to have that. So that's pretty cool, because that film did well. Yes, now, speaking of doing well, let's move on to our third film. Yes, Encanto, which won an Oscar for Best Animated Film earlier this year, and nowadays is an extremely popular movie. It is. I teach kids in a bunch of different sports, and I will say I have not gone a single day without hearing a kid talk about Encanto. It was so popular. Yes, I know it's about the family Madrigal. A Colombian family. Yes, who lives in Colombia and South America, and all of them have unique gifts and powers, except for one, who's Mirabelle, who's 15 years old, and doesn't have the kinds of things the other members of her family has. That's right. She doesn't have any special magical talents, but she has a very important role in the movie, doesn't she? Yes, I know the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno, because of all the bad things that have happened to a lot of people. But Bruno is just a misunderstood member. Of the family, that's right. And that's the song that got really, really big. Yeah, I know. Who wrote the music for Encanto? Lin-Manuel Miranda. It is most famous for Hamilton, and also did the music for another Disney film, Moana. That's right. And Lin-Manuel Miranda himself is Latinx. He's of Puerto Rican descent. But he, along with the direction team, so Jared Bush, Byron Howard, and Cherise Castro-Smith, did a lot of research. They went to Colombia. They did research trips um, to really ensure that they were representing Colombian culture, specifically 20th century Colombian culture, accurately and respectfully while telling this magical story. I know, yes. I know it had great music. It did. I know it's Disney's 60th animated feature. It was. 60 is a lot of films. Oh, yes, yes. And also the Rio movies are also a good minor mention about this kind of culture. Rio, yeah. Rio takes place in Brazil in South America. Yes, and along with so was its sequel. That's right. It also celebrated, similar to Encanto, a certain style of music. And I love the characters. And I know John Leguizamo, who voiced Sid the Sloth in the Ice Age films, voiced Bruno, who was a misunderstood fellow. That's right. Similar to the other movies, Encanto had a largely a largely Colombian, actually, cast, including Stephanie Beatriz, who uh, has a Colombian father, and she voiced Mirabel, the main, act the main character. I remember, yes. Which is really cool. It's 
It's especially cool when you're able to get actors of the same descent as the characters you're portraying. Yes, I agree. And I thought one of the songs in the film had kind of the same tear-jerking vibe as Remember Me in Coco. Really? What song was that? When Mirabelle's grandmother told her her backstory, I thought it had the, the, the heartwarming, tear-jerking vibes of Remember Me from Coco. I would definitely say so. But both very heartwarming and sad. Yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to mention about this legendary movie in Kanto? Disney's already developing things for the Disney parks for it. And like I read for this and in, in Coco, there's going to be new lands based on them for the Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World. That's awesome. And it's especially exciting to me that Disney is incorporating, you know, these stories based in Colombian and Mexican culture into their parks because we have a lot of kids who speak Spanish in the United States who may be of Mexican or Colombian descent who are going to see their home cultures represented in Disneyland, which is huge. I know. Yeah. Cool. So that's going to wrap up our conversation about these three films that are relating to cultures under the umbrella of Hispanic Heritage Month. Ezra, why don't we go ahead and get into trivia? Yes. We have to answer last week's trivia question about Barney. Barney and Friends, the show, was nominated for a lot of different awards over the years, but it only won one. What was the Daytime Emmy Award that Barney and Friends won? Outstanding Achievement in Live and, and Direct-to-Tape Sound Mixing, yes. That's right, which is kind of a complicated award, but basically they did a really great job in making sure that everything was crisp, clear, and audible when people were able to watch Barney and Friends back on tape. Yeah. Cool. So this week, we're going to ask a question about one of these films we talked about today. Hmm. What other films from Pixar did the producer of Coco, Darla K. Anderson, also produce? If you think you know the answer and have seen her name on some films, be sure to listen in next week. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye. Goodbye.